0: blog talk radio good morning you are listening to nabwick the national association of black women in construction blog talk radio show founded to increase the national awareness of black women in the construction industry nabwick is the charge and takes the charge for black women to advocate for further opportunities to its members Good morning, this is
1: Ursula Odom, your host for NABWIC Speaks, and I am the CEO of Sula2, and we make old, new, and everything we do, meaning that we capture, preserve, and share your legacy information, be that personal or corporate, in any form that we can. And this is one of those forms where we get to bring to you someone to share their story. And in this case, their network story, their corporate story, their life story as it relates to the empowerment that they have had as a part of their own lives and then to share with you. Today, we have Michelle Green-Rhodes. She is the CEO of Michelle Green-Rhodes Media, LLC, and empowerment coach for women and nurses. She was inspired by her passion for mentoring and coaching. She assists health professionals who struggle with time management, goal achievement, confidence, leadership, and entrepreneurship. She has enjoyed a 20-year career in nursing, and now she enjoys her passion of inspiring others through coaching and assisting healthcare providers with startup of their businesses. Michelle is an author and a speaker, and has released R.N. Our enterprise, our enterprise, okay, <laughs> take <laughs> our enterprise, take your nursing knowledge and emerge with an entrepreneurial passion in 90 days. Wow. Now, available on Amazon, that's her, her book. She will be releasing a second book, The Nurse Entrepreneur Collective, where she has collaborated with nine other nurse entrepreneurs across the country with the purpose of encouraging other nurses to pursue their passion with might and skill. Michelle is an active member of National Coalition of 100 Black Women, Tampa Chapter, and serves as co-chair of health. She's also a new member of NABWIC. She serves on the City of Tampa Mayor's Advisory Commission. I should know that. She serves on the City of Tampa Mayor's Advisory Council and serves as chair of the special projects. Michelle is a freelance writer for Life magazine, where she serves as the entrepreneur contributor. When Michelle is not coaching, you can find her at the beach relaxing to the max, enjoying her husband, Al, and two children, John and Ali. Welcome, Michelle.
2: Good morning. Thanks for having me.
1: Oh, my pleasure. I'm looking forward to hearing what you have to say because I do know you from association, but now I get to find out what makes you who you are and how you got to be where you are because I, what I see out there is, is impressive, and I want to know what's behind that, and I wanted to share that with our listening audience this morning, so Tell us how did you get started and what you do.
2: All right. Well, where do I start? My goodness. Um, I'm going to start with an epiphany that I had uh, in 2016. Um, at that point, I was still working my full-time job at home. Um, I had worked on the business side of healthcare insurance, uh, different roles. Started off years ago in case management, moved up to different types of positions, and my last position was population health and a population health man, care manager,
0: and we were
2: reviewing, it was a huge pilot project, we were reviewing million-dollar claims, and I was sitting here with this spreadsheet and looking to see what did we miss and how could we make more money and what, what happens so that we don't lose money next time. That moment, I just felt this, I'm going to say the glory of the Lord, but, hey, I call it my epiphany, and it was almost like, you know what, you have worked, at this point, it's 23 years, um, at that point it was 20, you have a good amount of knowledge, you could mark it out, someone needs to know what you know, and at that point, I was really thinking about helping other nurses who wanted to learn how to get into case management, because some of them want to move out of the hospital and go into working at home, like I was doing for an insurance company, so and at that point, I was just going to, like, build a course and help them pass the test and get certified so they can get work-at-home jobs, that was the... That's how it started, and lo and behold, it's been much bigger than that. It has kind of just morphed into its own being, I call it um and we'll talk about that in a little bit, but that was the start you know it kind of- it's grown from there, but that was the moment that changed my life.
1: That's amazing because what what you remind me of is the the moment I spoke with someone about writing my first book, and what she said to me was, Ursula, it's not how many lives you touch, but that you touch lives. So when you say someone needs to know what you know, that that is that kind of moment where if it's one person that you can help in this world to do something mm-hmm. that gets them closer to their dreams or to avoid going down the wrong path, that's a, an amazing thing to be able to position yourself to do that. And when you position as well as you seem to have done, uh, you can help a lot of people. So what has that particular journey been like since you made that decision? Yeah, yeah.
2: That, okay, so, yeah, we started there. Uh, of course, talked to my husband because I was like, do I work full-time, part-time? How do I do this? Uh, so I initially was part-time, like many people do. You have your what they call now side hustle, and uh, I still work just PRN, um, doing case management as needed, And eventually I was able to leave that a little bit later down the road. So what uh, the first thing that I did, I said, I need a coach. Because I had tried entrepreneurship in the past back around 2009. And because I've been a certified uh, mentor through my course of my years, and I always love to mentor others, it just was a natural thing for me to help others meet their goals. I'm so passionate about goal setting. And I also had taken a coaching course, uh, completed that, and at that point, I just kind of got, I've gotten divorced and went through some hard times and everything, Went, got remarried. So this didn't work out for me at that time, but I learned so many things that I knew what not to do whenever it happened again. I always knew I wanted to try again. I didn't know when, but at that moment, you know, like I told you earlier, it just kind of changed my life. So I said, this is it. So I went back and pulled up all those things I'd done, refreshed myself. I hired a coach. I was like, I need a coach this time. I'm not going to fail. I'm going to do it. So in that piece, that's when I discovered not many nurses or coaches, you know, knew what I wanted to do. They didn't know healthcare, And so I was like, okay, I want to coach. And actually the coach I hired was not a nurse, but she was an awesome branding coach, which has helped with this, this what do you call it, like a rocket. That's what that came from. But she gave me awesome uh, advice. But now the story sort of shift because now I'm thinking, gosh, Coaches are out here, but if I want to kind of tell them what I wanted to do, there were not many nurses who were coaches. And if they were, I didn't see coaches, but I did see nurses who were in business. They were too busy. They, you know, didn't want to disclose too much information. They didn't want to help you sometimes. So that's when things shifted, and I said, why can't I coach them? I've been a coach, I've been a mentor. You know, I'm starting this entrepreneurial journey. So it was a part of my business plan to come in later after I got some more entrepreneurial training under my belt. So now we flip to that piece, the entrepreneurial side. Well, my husband had an MBA. He had just retired from military during this same time, and he couldn't find the job that he wanted, I'll say. He had a job, but he just wasn't happy. And so he decided, I'm going into business for myself. I've completed my MBA. I know how to start a company. And he still, you know, he works at home as well, working his own business. So the plan was at that time I was just going to learn from him and, and help him with his business, which we did for about six months. And I kind of put my stuff on the back burner because I wanted to get the entrepreneurial piece. Um, got all that together, helped him, and we really, you know, pushed his He's a, a recruiter, a staffing and recruiting person. And, about six months into his journey, here I am thinking things through, I kind of felt like I was leaving my nurses behind. I was like, okay, now I can teach them what I've learned about entrepreneurship, combine that with my nursing knowledge. And then my business was born about six months after he started his
0: <laughs> in 2016.
2: So that you know, really was the the, start, the first step to me fully um Packaging up entrepreneurial programs, teaching nursing, just that's why that book was named the way it was is to take what you know, package it up, and start a business. It doesn't take a whole lot to start, but a lot of nurses, we just didn't know business like I didn't um, because they don't teach us that. They teach us how to care for those patients, be on time, do your work, and all that. And um, there's more, sometimes so much more with all of us, not just nurses. We want more. We want to really fulfill that true passion and purpose in our hearts, and so that's where I began to feel the heart piece of my my business. Like, you know, it was just a, heart, a heartfelt piece where you're not going to leave them. You need to teach them at least how to start their business, and then I've worked with so many people. The second half of this is i worked with so many people over the years, uh, established awesome relationships, just built this huge network on the outside of what I do so that as I – kind of got them started, I decided to refer them out to the specific type of business that they wanted to open. So the second half of my coaching program is that now you get a uh, consultant who specifically does your type of business. Of course, we can't do everything. We don't know all businesses, but there are some that are very common with nurses, such as CPR training schools or CNA schools or group homes. You see these things pretty frequently, home health care agencies. So those are the people I picked, just the tried and true models who didn't mind taking on. I mean, I was like sending them free business almost just to get things going. So that <laughs> again helped because now I had this network who's telling people what I do because I'm sending them free business. Um, and it, you know, I just I give God all the glory is all I can say because it just really just skyrocketed from there as we began to get the word out about what we were doing as a team.
1: Yeah, I can see where it would. If you're sending somebody free business, (laughs) that would get their attention. Um, I have a question about one of the things you said earlier when you were making the decision about or realizing that nurses are not going or were not going into business because they were too busy. And that does bring to mind the nurses that I've been in contact with in and out of the hospital for myself or with someone else, they they all seem tired because they work hard. So how in the world did you make that time management shift in order to be able to to be a tired nurse and then a, an inspired entrepreneur? How did that happen? I mean, how did you carve out that time?
0: Yeah,
2: yeah, it is tough, and I find that a lot with many of my clients. It's it's something you have to. First of all, be passionate about, I can't speak to that enough. Um, I get people who want to ask, you know, what's the best business model, what's going to make me the most money, and we can't, like, we can't even talk about that. We need to know what truly is your passion. Do you know what that is? Do you know what your purpose is? And if not, we have that conversation because that's what's going to carry you. It's going to make you not sleep at night. It's going to make you want to get up and do some work towards this goal that you have. So we does self does some self-discovery initially if that person is not sure. Um, and I think that's the driving force behind it all. Yeah, you might be tired, but how can we trim the fat, so to speak? How can we, you know, is there something that you might be spending time on that we can take away from? You know, TV, you know, you got to have, of course, some me time. But just things that are mindless things can you at least dedicate an hour or two and keep building something day by day, even if it's 15 minutes, 30 minutes, Um, we look at how can we just find some time to to get the momentum going.
1: Yeah. Um, When you talk about sleepless nights, I know what that's all about. I found myself doing something at 3 o'clock in the morning and and that becomes way too common. (laughs) But when you get that idea, you want to just make it happen. Uh, So if you're passionate about something, yeah, I guess you will find the time one way or the other. And when you were talking about turn the television off and what have you. I only listen to the news when I'm in my car and, wow. um, you know, in passing at home. But if you sit down and and look at that television and get into that news cycle, they repeat the same thing over and over and over, over again. So I found that when I got in the car and went from one place to another, you know, on along that route, 30 minutes, that's enough. I've got most of yep. the day's worth of information. You know. So, I freed up some time for myself like that too. And and the the games that you play on these these um phones and what have you they are so addictive that you know, when when I get into a moment where I just want to binge on something, I might put put one of them on or or look at um a television show or something binge-watching just to give myself a release. And then when I'm done, mm-hmm. I shut it all off and go back to what I yeah, want to do. I do that. Um, <laughs> yeah, I do that. I do
2: that. Power is my guilty pleasure. So when I get a chance, I say, you know what, I need to just clear my mind and just take a break. I'll go binge-watch Power, and I'm going to watch TV probably another week or two. You
1: know, you mentioned that, and I was just out of town um, just this past weekend, and that's when you see what other people are doing, and the show that you mentioned is one that my cousin watches. And what, it, not to talk about that show, but what that reminds me of is the fact that when I travel, a lot of times that seems to be my sabbatical. I start thinking about things, and, and the reason I was up so late is because I couldn't wait to get back to, to implement some of the things that I was thinking about as I was traveling. So where do you get your inspiration? oh
2: my mother my mother she Uh, um yeah yes yes she is dearly departed in 2015 the year before i started my business um and she had so many health complications over the years so although it's expected is always unexpected but um during the time we had together, I mean, she was my best friend, and she had uh, served as a certified nurse's assistant for many years. That was her career. And just listening to her stories, and one thing we would always tease each other about, what she would say as her little joke, was that I could have been a nurse. you like, you ain't doing nothing. I could have been a nurse, too, because she started the program. She got about halfway done, fell in love, and ended up dropping out. Mm. So that's my inspiration. It's almost like, I'm going to do everything that you probably would have wanted to do with your career, but just never package it up, never got the whatever, whether it's the inspiration or the motivation or the resources. You know, I'm going to make it happen for my mother.
1: You know, and that is the best compliment you can give a parent Um, and to bring that kind of joy to them to see that they've had an impact on your life not only giving you birth, which is a major deal, but that they've inspired you to to move forward in life and continue with some of the things that they found dear. I, I just had my daughter say to me that, uh, okay, after the family reunion, she said, well, I guess I'll pick up this, this family history thing. And I tried not to overreact. <laughs> Wow. Because <laughs> I've put some years into putting this together for the family. And you hate to think that you've done something for so long and then no one will pick it up. And if you've done it right, then your your child will at least be appreciative of what you've done and respectful for the amount of effort that it took. And to have them pick it up, that's a big deal. Uh, it's oh a big God. deal. So yeah. I know that, your mama's happy.
2: Thank you. I feel Mm. that. I feel that she, you know, is kind of directed my path. Uh, But to me, that leads into legacy building, what you just mentioned, and that was a big piece of my startup as well, because right around the whole time when I was making this huge transition, I had a daughter (laughs) at age 43, well, 42, because I'll be 43 this month, 45 this month, so late in life. My husband, again, he was my second marriage because, remember, first time I had to fail a business, I also had a failed marriage. So it was like total opposite this time. I want to be here. I want to be home. I want to be with her. I want to, because this is my last go round, <laughs> so to speak. Mm. So um, that played a major part in this as well. The Lord just timed that so perfectly. I conceived her the months that my mother passed away. And it just, it just it blows my mind. So I look at her, I see my mother, I feel that inspiration yeah. all over again every day. And um, just to be home with her and help her grow is just been a blessing. So I say that to say the legacy piece is a big piece of it as well. Because although I'm doing it for my mother, I'm also doing it for my ch- my children. I have 14 year old son from my first marriage. So to, together they're learning a little bits and pieces of entrepreneurship, if I can build it to where I want it to be. I definitely want it to be something left for them. I can't leave them a job, you know, as a part of their inheritance. I want to leave an inheritance. And if they can learn this business or use from it, then I would have done my job, and they can do the same for their families.
1: And I'm not going to get off into the to this particular subject, but I went to a a workshop, and it was hosted by some women. That um, were talking about their game plan for the industry. And it was a family business. And they were taking us on a tour of their their grounds. And the woman hadn't been in her 70s, mid 70s. And she was talking about an 80 year game plan that included her entire family. That stuck oh. with me. And so, you know, you're doing it for your children. And who knows, grandchildren, great-grandchildren, you may have started something that will go on for generations, and that's pretty awesome. Now, um, Mm -hmm. you are a new member of NABWIC. Why did you join? (laughs) How did you get here?
2: Oh, my goodness. Oh, my goodness. Okay, so I know you mentioned you and I met at a particular organization, and so did I meet lots of other awesome women and men as well. And one particular member who is the president of our chapter here in Tampa, NABWIC, has been on me for a very long time, Um, just speaking highly of the organization. I know she's a general contractor, so I was just watching what she was doing, but I just didn't feel like, no, that doesn't apply to me. I'm not in construction. But every time we would speak, she would give. I mean, she's just awesome. She's like to me a forward thinker like me. Okay, you could be doing this for i Z. I've seen this opportunity. You could be fitting in this way, and I'm thinking outside of the box, so to speak. So she's just inspired me over and over again. Every time we talk, here's something different you might want to think about. And I started to see the picture. Now, like, okay, I see the big picture. Again, remember I told you I had this mantra in my head that every company needs a nurse. I mean, even if we are there to do health and wellness workshops, if we're there to help prevent, hopefully prevent if we can through preventing the teaching,
0: prevent certain,
2: um, you know, disease processes, or if we can through teaching and education, or um, making things worse. You know, how do we prevent that? So, long story short. Um, I guess the moment just finally happened for us. We just been and talked lately about another venture, and I said, you know what, I'm going to go for it this time because I see what you're, I see the picture that you're painting, and I could see her vision. Um, and it's because, you know, we're able to bring, if I'm able to bring nurses or OSHA trainers to this field or this arena. I don't have to particularly do the work. And I think that was my barrier. I'm thinking I don't do that, but I definitely can oversee it. I'm that, I do have that administrative mind. So that's, now it clicked. <laughs> so now I have a team mm-hmm. of coaching trainers ready to go, and I'm getting a team of nurse coaches ready to go. I'm going to administrate those. So that's where um, it took some time, but I saw the big picture, and now things are coming together so that we can launch that piece. I'm working on launching this consulting piece now that my coaching arm is fully up, operational, now automated. Um, so now I'm focusing on consulting and contracting.
1: Oh, you just said a whole lot just then. You have a team of trainers ready to go? <laughs> yes.
2: <laughs> yep. Look
1: at you. And,
2: uh, you have
1: just gone yeah. from being Michelle to a a full-fledged company with with a team of people moving forward. That's pretty awesome. Um, Okay. How is that experience? I mean, (laughs) in dealing with other individuals, because I know when you're doing something by yourself, you can control what you do, but when you're building a team, that's a different deal. So how is that working for you?
2: Okay. So I'll tell you about this piece. It's grown. Um, Again, you know, things happen before it happens, right? So a few months ago, one one thing that got this, started is I had just finished a health and wellness workshop through one of the organizations I serve on, and I was talking to her about this piece. I'm I'm getting ready to launch. I want to go into contracting consulting, but I need to find out what I need to do. So that particular conversation led to, well, do you know any OSHA trainers? Because our company has been needing one for quite a while. I said, I don't, but I can get some. (laughs) Because me, I'm, you know, I'm I'm Mm -hmm. always going to grab it because my husband. Like I mentioned, he's does staffing and recruiting. So whenever I think any company who needs uh, manpower, I can always refer to him because he has this wonderful system that he can get people right away. So that's, that was why I said that, what I said, that, you know, I can get people. So that's what happened. Um, I started to – I gave him a – I created a job description. I'm thinking, okay, some independent contractors, because you're doing our research, OSHA training, what I need, what they needed, so forth. So after that, I, I build and have been and talked to some trainers in our state. So whenever the contract comes, we're ready to go. The second part of that is okay if I'm going to, and this is just what I did with the coaching arm. If I'm going to do contracting and consulting, I need a coach because now my coach from my coach from coaching is done. We've we've gotten this baby where we wanted it to be, right? So I connected with someone that I met at. um, And this is the power of networking. (laughs) I've gotten so many blessings through networking as well. So I know the power of networking, just like this particular membership here. Uh, Long story short, we connected because she does that particular thing. She does help people get into contracting. And um, we connected, and she just affirmed that you need to be ready, have teams ready. So now that my OSHA team's ready, and now I'm working on nursing teams who can do health and wellness workshops. So, you know, again, it just all made sense. I saw the bigger picture, and we are building this baby behind the scenes, and we're ready to go within the next 30 days, I'll say.
1: Wow. Teamwork starts at home. (laughs) That's cliche. Mm -hmm. That's something everybody wants. Everybody wants that kind of teamwork, so... And you, you've you made it work for you and for him, quite frankly, and now for others as well, because you'll be serving a lot of different companies with the by supplying a need, uh, something that's needed right now. Now, speaking of need, can I just we, say? Yeah.
2: I just, really quick, I'm sorry to cut you off. I just wanted to say, speaking of team, if it wasn't for an awesome husband, I would not even be here. <laughs> this would not happen at all. Mm-hmm. So, because I do have the two children, but without. Albert, like I said, he's he's working at home, and he's always so gracious. To we we talk every morning, what's the play of the day type of thing, and see what he needs to do, what I need to do, and we make it work. So I just want to give a quick shout out to my wonderful, wonderful, God sent husband who supports me like no other. Well, congratulations to both
1: of you, and the play of the day really. <laughs> You all actually say that in the morning time, the play of the day. That's pretty cool. That is cool. You yeah, of course. I just doing.
2: Okay, what's the play of the day? What are we doing today? Because, you know, we found out really quickly if we didn't talk that this, you know, this wasn't going to work. Like, okay, well, I got to go and I got an appointment. Like, well, I have an appointment. <laughs> so we do that first thing in the morning. Okay, what, what so it's almost like our team meeting, how we're going to do this. So, like, you know, we work it out.
1: <laughs> all right. Okay, so one of the things we talked about um, that we were going to talk about was preventing, um, I guess, well, preserving your health or, or how does nursing work in the construction industry? How do you, um, I know when you talk about OSHA, but what does that mean to a lot of people?
2: Yeah, yeah, absolutely. And that, of course, came through research because I did find a big gap. So, What I found in my research, and I'm going to do some more, is, okay, are nurses needed in construction? What would we do, right? So I'm looking, you know, Googling, of course, (laughs) and finding articles as well to say, you know, there's a gap. And so most companies, and I found this also through some some networking of people who are in construction. You know, I went to a couple construction events just to see what kind of reception I would get. I hope that's the right word. How would they receive me? And it was just almost like, mm-hmm. just like these articles said, uh, half of the companies in construction are still have the old set, old mindset, is what it said basically. Where someone's hurt or injured, you send them out, you know, they're replaced, and that's about it. That's just how it goes. Like they, you send them to the hospital. <laughs> but um, they mm-hmm. have a safety person who's um, on site, and they do meet sometimes once a week, um, usually no more than two weeks go by before they need. Uh, some companies once a month to keep their skills and, and knowledge up on safety, you know, prevention of injuries type of thing, or update on safety gear, because equipment is so important in construction, right? They want to prevent the injury. So, you know, that's how they were addressing Is it. mostly what can we do to protect you on the outside so that you don't get hurt. Uh, these are the rules. If you get hurt, come see this person, and then if it's, you know, hopefully, you know, God forbid, deathly injury, of course, they're going straight to the hospital. There's no wiggle room. The other side of that is that there was a new thought, a new thought process coming forth to say, in addition to that outside protective equipment, nurses could be used, healthcare professionals could be used to do uh, more of the, the preventative training is what I'm I'm speaking of, and I'll tell you more about that in a second, or um, to support them, I'm trying to say, I guess internally, without getting too long-winded. It's almost an internal approach. So it's not the the hard shell this and the hard shell that is inside. What can we do for mindset, for um, education, so they know why we're doing what we're doing? And that has been found to help decrease the injury from even occurring. Does that make sense? Mm Mm-hmm. Mhm. so I combined that because, like I told you, I've been a nurse for over 20 years now. Where there was a piece, okay, I've done some case management for hospice for eight years, so I I know all about hospice and the death and dying process. So I could always prefer that if I need to. I've just done so much over the years. A big piece of that, almost five years, was workers' compensation. I did travelers' insurance. I should sorry about that. So. My point is, is that I draw from that. Okay, well, what did I learn through that? You know, that job for five years. Or so? What is it that um, employers wanted? We learned what they wanted, what they needed. So I draw from that experience when I think about this construction piece. So long story short, I'm hearing either health and wellness talks. Too, there's a big thing on falls. Falls are always huge in any any situation, <laughs> any hospital, any nursing home. Everywhere you go, it's fall prevention. So they're always going to have a fall prevention plan, you know. So that's the always slip and fall education that way. Dehydration is another. Of course, they need to stay hydrated. they need to take breaks. Because, again, we get so pumped in, in doing our work that sometimes you forget to take a break, forget to eat, forget to drink, right? So just doing some education on that. And other topics that are pertinent, too, I found that this, we're not addressing in, you um, in the construction side and the safety side, again, they were focusing on outside, not inside. All right. So then I start to think about, okay, would you need? And I, this is what I was asking those companies at that networking event. Would you need someone to teach or do some workshops on these particular topics? A few that I just named, as a, in addition to some things I'm thinking about with Walker's Comp, or now that I have my case management care coordination background. Where I'm coordinating care, I can help manage the work comp injury if it should occur so those are some things that I found just the gaps that they could use nurses for support with education to either manage or prevent workers comp injuries um, and that's just the start <laughs> there's so much more to you know to say but that that is the start and that was my starting point on the opposite side of OSHA so nurses in OSHA is what I focus on right now
1: It's funny when you talk about preventing falling, even on a personal basis, when my mother became, well, she started slowing down and falling was an issue or at least a possibility. And what I ended up doing, and not that I knew what I was doing, it was just working on self-defense, I guess. But Mm -hmm. I took up all the carpet out of her house and mm-hmm. you know, moved everything out of the hall because we I couldn't afford to have her bumping into anything and losing her her step and she went between having a strong gait to being weak and back and forth, depending on um how her medication affected her on any given time, and in fact, I had to work with the doctors to to get her from being over medicated cuz that was part of the problem not only the oh, physical yeah. situation that was out there but being over medicated and yep. so when you when you talk about preventing injury that gets to be professional as well as personal um, we have to look at those kinds of things at all levels
2: yes so absolutely Yes, there are people who, who do that as a part of their job. They call it home assessment in the nursing world, uh, believe it or not. So, yeah, there's a professional term to it. And usually if the person, you know, is getting some sort of care at home, either the therapist or nurse should do that. But what if in that case, you know, they don't have a nurse or a therapist coming out? How would the caregiver learn these things? What do they look for in a home assessment? And so that you think about that. That's a, that's an opportunity for nurses right there. It's not anything that I do, but – um. You know, oh, you always think like about it. you. Look at you. That was a coaching <laughs>
1: moment. Now you. <laughs> All right. Exactly. So, for those of you out there looking for something to do in the as an entrepreneur in the nursing world, she just found one. Listen up. Now, what <laughs> did you just coach them to do? <laughs> they can be what now?
2: Well, I was just speaking. It was a home safety assessment. This is a person that does not have a a caregiver at home, but. Maybe that particular nurse wants to teach caregivers how to care for for their parents or a child at home. So you are almost like training the trainer or or teaching the caregiver different tips and tools to help them, you know, stay safe at home. Cool. There are nurses that do
1: that. Now that that you've made them want to contact you, how do they do that? (laughs)
2: How, what's uh, your info well, sure, sure well, they can find me initially at michelle rhodes, R-H-O, D r h o d s and dog e s is and sam online that's michelle rhodes online dot com it's pretty long um or my business phone is eight one three three one five three nine five zero and those are the two best ways to give me um, get in touch with me. Uh, my email is kind of long as well, but it's Michelle at michelleroadsonline. com. All right. So where does
1: the road lead for Michelle Rhodes? <laughs>
2: <laughs> That's an awesome question. Well, um, I mentioned that we are starting up the coaching and contract excuse me consulting and contracting arm. Once that launches, then I really want to focus more on my speaking. Um, I put it on the back burner for a while, although I, I do speak here and there. I do get lots of requests for health and wellness talks, the Black Women's Health Initiative, entrepreneurship, you know, what people do to get started. I get started, just completed some startup training I, in addition to my entrepreneurship training. So um, those are some things that I do, and I really I love that piece. As well, and so I want to get these two pieces automated up, up and running, um, overseeing them, but other people working them, and then I'm out speaking.
1: Now, that's, that's oftentimes, okay. So, when I invite someone to be on the show, a lot of times I have my ideas of what I want to talk about, and and the obvious pops out from their bio. But sometimes there are things that are there that I don't ask that the person wants wants to share. So what have we not talked about that you'd like to talk about right now?
2: That's an awesome question. Well, I'll leave with a couple of just, just general thoughts and then... Um, just some invitations, if you don't mind. So first I'd like to say to anyone out there who is thinking of a goal, considering an idea, uh, want to do something down in their heart, or feel like they can, you know, again, that's where it tugs in my heart because I hear my mother saying I could have been a nurse. And so I'm like, okay, let's do it. What are the barriers? Let's find out what it is so we can get some ways to work around those barriers and let's get to your goal. Because life, as you know, as we know it, fasten us by very quickly. Tomorrow's not promised to any of us. And so how oh uh, gosh, what is the word? You know how they say the grave is full is the richest place in the world because people die with their dreams. Mm-hmm. They never have have gone after what they truly wanted to do. And um that just makes my heart melt. It really does. Mm-hmm. to think that people have done that. So I encourage, I just want to encourage anybody, not just nurses, it could be any anyone. <laughs> Although I have a heart for nurses, heart for healthcare personnel, heart for women, a heart for black women, especially, <laughs> because we, we have our own set of challenges. But anyone who wants to pursue a goal, I just encourage you to do that soul-searching Look at the barriers, what's stopping you, and find out ways to work around them so that you can fulfill what God has, has really purposed in your heart to do. So that would be the first thing I always want to leave people with, some sort of encouragement, because I, I don't want anyone else, else to ever have to say, I could have been, I should have been, I would have been, <laughs> you know? So, there, could have, would have, should have. <laughs> there you go. <laughs> is that what that's okay coming from? Uh,
1: I don't know, but you know it's been around and it means a lot and it's still appropriate. I, I think I've heard I heard my grandmother used to say that sometimes too. <laughs> However, um, when you talked about obstacles and getting over barriers and what have you, what has been the, the biggest thing, the biggest hurdle that you had to get over, and how did you do it?
2: Well, I think uh, it's, it's common with many aspiring entrepreneurs, and it stops a lot of people. It's usually money. It's funding. I mean, you get that all that question all the time. It's just It just is what it is. Entrepreneurship can be expensive. It's a risk. It is something that I personally had to prepare for. So if you're not in a place where you can, because, you know, it takes money to make money, you're going to have to bootstrap your way. And you have to Google that word. See what it means is basically you're giving up things to to make money go towards their goal, your financial goal for entrepreneurship. But for years I worked two jobs because I told you I had in my heart. I knew I wanted to do it one day after failing the first time. I just didn't know when. So I was working uh, hard and doing always. I always had a second thing on the weekend, always. For years I did that but I was just putting money away and saving because I knew one day I'm, I'm going to start my own business. It won't be like this all the time is what I used to tell myself, like trouble don't last always type of thing. So I would uh-huh. say you, know, you have to prepare <laughs> and uh, start saving if you know that it's, it's going to be something you're going to do because nobody's going to, you know, hand you money. It's not going to fall out of the sky. you got to work for it. Uh, so I did do that. Um, again, I think that there are some – opportunities for, you know, pitching, pitch competitions. You want to compete for some free money or find grants, find someone to help you find certain grants. If you fit particular niche, usually you have to meet some very strict criteria and do what the grant says it's going to do. Uh, so that just doesn't happen overnight as well because people say, I didn't get grants, you know, so, yeah, okay. <laughs> Make sure you're ready and prepared for that. Uh, and then usually banks won't fund you um, until you've been in the business for at least two years. So, you've got to be ready for those two years. So I, that's the biggest thing because I had to do it. And I, I just, that, oh, the only way I was able to overcome that was to save up for many years and be ready when the time came.
1: Now, when you talk about grants and, and what have you, I had a conversation with someone just recently about how if you're totally dependent on grants and the source of those grants dry up, then your business dries up. How do you avoid being over-dependent on,
2: on grants? Absolutely. It's absolutely true because, you know, they, again, they're there for a specific reason, for a specific time. Some will give you a year, some will give you two years. So you got to have that's the purpose of that business plan. And a reason why I teach my nurses eight streams of income. So yeah, we're gonna have this stream for grants and you're gonna fulfill that to maybe help you get started, but you should always have and we've heard that other streams of revenue. So that's why I am you know, people ask me, How do you do it? You're always into this and that, you do it so it's because I'm I'm building different streams of income.
1: That's so funny because we talked about that briefly before the show began. <laughs> and this is where you and I intersect, well, one of the ways, because there are a number of things you do that I'm fascinated with and, and love myself, but there were so many different things that I ended up doing, like I wrote books. I wrote books for other people. I portray Mary McLeod Bethune. I do a number of things like that, right, and I collect old documents. And it's like, Uh okay, so which one of these things are you going to do? And then I realized Uh they, oh, the other thing I forgot is I I had a whole career in computers. And so I have Uh a fairly good um, comfort level with computers. So it's like, am I technical? Am I creative? What am I? And then one day I realized that all of these things work together for, and that's how I opened the show basically. Is that I capture, preserve, and share information Mm -hmm. about your corporate and your personal legacies, and all of those things come into play in in allowing me to be able to do that because the computer, obviously, theatrical training, yes, I'm able to (laughs) dramatize the story (laughs) and enjoy doing that that
0: too. Yes.
1: It all I mean, works together. It does. Oh. It does. So when you realize that this is who you are and this is what you want to do, then all of those skills that you picked up along the way that seems irrelevant, they aren't irrelevant. They're just a piece of the puzzle. You just have to know how to put them all together. And, Absolutely. Uh, that becomes the fun part. And that's part.
2: where, you know, a coach I think is so important because I knew, I thought I knew what I wanted, but And I mentioned so many times during this show, that's why, you know, I always invested in a coach. you got to invest in yourself. That's a piece of this whole growth thing. But as far as me helping others, I'm helping them meet, you know, their goals because sometimes you have a limited vision. like, I want to do X, Y, Z. And, yes, that might be a part of it, and it might be a little piece of your passion, but let's look at the bigger picture. And each coach that I've had has always done that for me. And it's, as you can see, helped me to see much bigger than myself.
1: Well, I have to tell you, you are probably the best example I've heard in a long time on why to use the coach, because what I'm seeing and what I'm hearing is that it worked for you. <laughs> so, Absolutely. Um, that's awesome. Absolutely. Yeah. yeah. <laughs> so, well, yeah. Michelle, thank you so very much for agreeing to share your story with us. I've enjoyed it, and I hope my audience has too. So thank you again.
2: You are welcome for having me. I appreciate it. And, um, you know, this has been a wonderful experience. Great. Likewise.
1: And for my listening audience, um, this is Nabwick and Ursula and Michelle Rhodes, and we've talked about nursing, entrepreneurship, and it's been a wonderful conversation. So if you just picked up in the end, we do have it. On demand, so go back and listen to the entire thing. You might just enjoy it, but until <laughs> next week <Yep. laughs> Wednesday, eight thirty a m mm-hmm. oh, sure, go right in.
2: oh, I'm sorry. We're about to sign off. I'll make it real quick. i meant we totally didn't um, touch on the the self publishing piece. so many people want to tell their stories. I just thought about it because what you said. And I believe you're an author as well. So I do book coaching as well. If you want to get your story out there, I do believe that's a part of leaving your legacy. So I just wanted to say that I've, I've helped 15 nurses last year launch their own stories and then 10 more on deck for 2019. So I really wanted that to be um, more than just, Michelle, about book publishing as well.
1: All right. So you heard it here on Network Speaks. And come back next weekend. a.m. on Wednesday. We'll be here with another great story. Have a great week.
0: Bye.